Hello, my name is Michelle Lindsay, and today we're going to talk about the goodness of God. Do you really believe God is good? The scriptures state God is love, and the fruit of the Spirit, which includes goodness, are an expression of his love. Why would any Christian think God is not good all the time and in every way? I'll list a few of their reasonings. Unmet expectations, unanswered prayer, living in an abusive situation, basic needs like food, clothing, and shelter are not provided. These thoughts may pop up in our heads as well, but remember, we have a true enemy who wants us to doubt God and his word. Also, every thought you have is not your thought, so don't own it. Do you want to help those who have suffered so much that they have a hard time believing in the goodness of God? Okay. To increase our faith and our love for God and others, let's dig a little deeper into his true nature and character. Susan Carter discovered through a study in Hebrew, to ask in the name of Jesus means to ask according to Jesus' nature and character. So learning about each fruit of the Spirit helps us to pray more effectively. John fourteen thirteen, For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name, according to my nature and character. And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to Him. Goodness is defined as kindness, kind acts, giving, loving, merciful, physical qualities which constitute value, excellent, or perfection. In the beginning, the last of God's creation were people. And then in Genesis 1.31, God looked at everything he had made, and he saw that everything was very good. According to Psalms 139.13, God formed the way you think and feel, and he put you together in your mother's womb. So just know when he said creation, including you, was very good, he was saying you are valuable, excellent, and perfect in his sight. What if our expectations are not met and we experience unanswered prayer? I read recently that our expectations can be hope killers, but our expectancy in the goodness of God is a hope nurturer. Some who believe they are doing what God has asked become disillusioned and quit asking God for anything if the results turn out different or appear unsuccessful. Their expectations were not met, and they may develop a stronghold of refusing to expect any good from God. On the other hand, if we do all He asks and we become disappointed due to perceived unanswered prayer, but we have expectancy according to his promises, like Jeremiah 29:11. we will continue to wait and trust in anticipation for the goodness of God to come forth in all our situations. Listen to Jeremiah 29:11. I say this because I know the plans that I have for you. This message is from the Lord. I have good plans for you. I don't plan to hurt you. I plan to give you hope and a good future. The goodness of God will pick us up and help us overcome any situation. I lived in more than one abusive relationship, mostly verbal. 
One of my love languages is words of affirmation. So when I experienced a tongue lashing from loved ones, co-workers, and sometimes church members, it was like a slap in the face or a punch in the gut. Some situations I could not quickly leave, so I turned to the Lord and asked others to agree with me to hear God's guidance. Out of his goodness, he taught me many valuable lessons, helping me to endure the slander and lies that were spoken behind my back and sometimes to my face. For instance, Luke six twenty seven, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies and do something wonderful for them in return for their hatred. Matthew seven twelve, In everything you do, be careful to treat others in the same way you'd want them to treat you, for that is the essence of all the teachings of the law and the prophets. Romans twelve twenty one, Never let evil defeat you, but defeat evil with good. Galatians 6, 9, and 10. And don't allow yourselves to be weary in planting good seeds, for the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. Take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. And finally, Ephesians 4.32, But instead be kind and affectionate toward one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. Do you believe God has forgiven you for everything? If not, use some form of searching to find scriptures on his forgiveness. I think in order to truly forgive others, we must realize no matter how horrible the sin, God has forgiven us, even if we committed them after being born again. Romans 2, 4 states, God has been good or kind to us. He has been very patient, waiting for us to change. And it's his goodness toward us that helps us decide to change our lives. If you are not sure that you are a Christian, 1 John 1, 9 states, But if we freely admit our sins when his light uncovers them, he will be faithful to forgive us every time. God is just to forgive us our sins because of Christ, and he will continue to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Understanding that God has forgiven us will give us more compassion toward others when they are cruel to us. As I obeyed the Lord by being good to those who hurt me and praying for them, the Lord helped me to understand that hurting people hurt people. It was not always easy to do the right thing, but when I did, he made the situation bearable and sometimes fun. One person who was particularly hateful and really out to get me, said never had he experienced God's love until I showed that. Just know whatever you're going through, it won't last forever. And if you seek God, he will help you. Sometimes God's goodness is provided through our giving. We see hunger and homelessness here, but especially in third world countries, and we wonder why. The Lord said we will always have opportunities to help the poor. There are many reasons why people don't have food, clothing, or shelter, but we can put into action the goodness of God and help one or many people. Due to circumstances beyond my mother's control, we grew up poor. 
Sometimes we went hungry, and one time we found ourselves sleeping in a borrowed car instead of the rat-infested apartment above a rag factory. We ended up living in the projects on welfare. My mom made the decision to give her life to the Lord, and that included tithing, which means 10% of your income. Of course, at first, that was a minimal amount, but the Lord kept his promise of Luke 6, 38. Give generously, and generous gifts will be given back to you, shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. The measurement of your generosity becomes the measurement of your return. Our living arrangements began to improve. First, we were out of the projects and off welfare. Then, as the Lord blessed, we moved to better neighborhoods and homes. But above all that, the obedience in tithing broke open our spiritual growth in the Lord. He says in Matthew 6, 24, How could you worship two gods at the same time? You will have to hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God while enslaved to the God of money. Tithing released us from trusting in money. It was a big step of faith because at that time, we could buy some sort of food for under a dollar. But in putting our trust in his word that he would provide, we stood amazed at his provision. It was so much fun watching him provide time and time again, more than we would have done for ourselves. Malachi three ten through 12 states, The Lord all-powerful says, Try this test. Bring one-tenth of your things to me. Put them in the treasury. Bring food to my house. Test me. If you do these things, I will surely bless you. Good things will come to you like rain falling from the sky. You will have more than enough of everything. I will not let pests destroy your crops. All your grapevines will produce grapes. This is what the Lord All-Powerful says. People from other nations will be good to you. You will have a wonderful country. This is what the Lord All-Powerful said. After we learned to tithe, he taught us about offerings as well. So besides our tithe, we made sure to give money to reputable ministries that feed, clothe, and provide shelter in third world countries and in America. We also give to ministries that mentor the young to follow Christ, investing in the next generation. These type organizations use their helps to spread the good news, and many lost souls have come to know the Lord. When people are helped, it leads them to ask, why are you doing this? And the Christians are able to share about the goodness of God, not only as provider, but about Jesus as Savior too. In our dark world, we have great opportunities to be the shining light of Jesus to someone who desperately needs to know that God is good. So, write this down and declare over yourself daily. Something good is going to happen to me today. And I'm going to do something good for someone else today. Doing something good for someone else today just may be a chain 
to their connection to God and help see them saved. For a deeper study on the goodness of God, pull up Graham Cook, The Goodness of God, Part 1 and 2, on YouTube. Here is a list of worship songs for this next month. Good, Good Father by Chris Tomlin. Goodness of God by Bethel Music. God, You're So Good by Passion Music. Good God Almighty by Crowder. I'll leave you with Psalm 16:2. I said to the Lord, You are my maker and my master. Any good thing you find in me has come from you. Also, I encourage you to read Psalms 37. Our next study will be on the peace of God. Until next time, thanks for listening, and I pray you will experience the goodness of God every day this next month in Jesus' name.